The State in Revolutionary Periods by Mansour Hekmet. This article was first published in Farsi in issue number two of Towards Socialism, the theoretical journal of the Communist Party of Iran, in November of 1985. The subject of the present discussion is State in Revolutionary Periods. Under this heading, we are going to deal with an aspect of the Marxist theory of the state, or in other words, the methodology of Marxism in dealing with the phenomenon of the state, an issue often overshadowed by stereotyped statements about the state and therefore neglected. After introducing the question in general, we're going to point out the following more specifically and as examples of the application of this methodology. One, the question of the revolutionary republic in the program of the Communist Party. Two, the method in dealing with the Islamic Republic. Here are some of the points discussed in the article, Two Factions Within the Bourgeois Imperialist Counter-Revolution, are going to be reiterated in the light of the present discussion. And finally, three, state in the proletarian revolution and the question of the proletarian dictatorship. The Marxist Theory of the State and the Transition Period it is common knowledge that, from a Marxist point of view, the state is the instrument of the rule and class domination of the economically dominant social class. State is the instrument of keeping the oppressed and exploited classes in submission, and protecting the existing relations of ownership and production from the assault of the lower classes. In The State and Revolution, Lenin first, through direct and somewhat extensive quotes from Marx and Engels, explains how, despite misconceptions instigated by the bourgeoisie, the state is not a phenomenon beyond classes and transcending society, seemingly regulating class relations, or representing the public interest. The state, despite beliefs prevalent in bourgeois society, is the representative and supporter of specific class interests, i.e. the interests of the economically dominant class. The emergence of the state has coincided with the emergence of exploitation, the division of society into classes, and class antagonism and struggle. As I said before, these are now regarded as truisms and I shall not expound on them any further, especially since my argument here is a critique of the mechanical and stereotyped extension of these definitions to all the movements of the process of historical development of society, and particularly to quote revolutionary periods. At the very first glance, it becomes apparent that the above Marxist definitions of the state point, in fact, to the ordinary or usual activity of society. This is a definition and analysis of society under ordinary social circumstances, i.e. a period in which society is not undergoing revolutionary change. It has to be reminded that historical materialism is not the numerical sum of five static pictures of five ordinary modes of production the primitive commune, slavery, feudalism, capitalism, and communism. This, in fact, is the mechanical distortion of historical materialism by the revisionists. Marxist historical materialism is not merely an explanation of various modes of production and declaration of their replacement in a consecutive historical process. It also involves and describes the dynamism of this process of development, as well as the characteristics of the period of development. How and through which processes do these modes of production replace one another? If we consider this dynamism, we shall realize that an essential part of the materialist exegesis of history is understanding the characteristics of periods of transition, periods of change, between relations of production, each of which has, for a long period, 
constituted the ordinary and reproducing form of the economic activity and social life of man. In other words, modes of production do not suddenly replace one another. Feudalism was not suddenly substituted by capitalism, nor shall communism suddenly replace capitalism. An analysis of periods of transition and revolutionary change in society is as much part of a materialist outlook on history as is an analysis of the ordinary forms of production and reproduction of the social life of man. Marx has clearly expressed this in the preface to a contribution to the critique of political economy. At a certain stage in their development, the material productive forces of society come into conflict with the existing relations of production, or this merely expresses the same thing in legal terms, with the property relations within the framework of which they have operated hitherto. From forms of development of the productive forces, these relations turn into their fetters, then begins an era of social revolution. Below I shall point out that in the present discussion I am using the concept of revolutionary periods in a more limited sense than the entire period of revolutionary change in society, i.e. the transition period that Marx has in mind. For the moment, however, we may consider this broader sense of the term and return to the above formulation of the definition of the state. Can this definition, as it stands, be used to describe the character and nature of states, any state, during this period of revolutionary change? In other words, does the formulation of the state as, quote, the instrument for the rule of the economically dominant class, unquote, correspond to the characteristics of periods of revolutionary change? Not necessarily. The attitude of the anarchist towards the dictatorship of the proletariat, like that of the likes of the organization of communist unity, to the concept of the revolutionary republic, are obvious examples of the theoretical deadlock of those who understand only this formulation of the Marxist attitude to the state, and repeat it under all conditions. The dictatorship of the proletariat, for example, is a state of the period of transition. But is the dictatorship of the proletariat the state of an economically dominant class? Obviously not. This is the state of a class revolting against the exploiting class dominating production. The dictatorship of the proletariat does not, in the beginning, depend on the existing economy and society. It is not the representative of a class economically dominating other classes. Quite the opposite. It is a state against the existing economy. This state indeed can never, even in its future, turn into the instrument of the domination of a class within a class economic relations. The socialist revolution is a revolution against the very class character of society and private ownership over the means of production and against class exploitation itself. The new economy which is the outcome of this revolution is synonymous to the disappearance of the very raison d'etre for the state as a whole. The socialist revolution is, moreover, a revolution which drives the state toward dying away, along with the class division of society. But if the dictatorship of the proletariat is not the instrument for maintaining the already existing class relations of production, if this dictatorship is not supposed to provide a political superstructure suited to the ownership of one class over the means of production, what is then the reason for its existence? In other words, how does the Marxist analysis of the state explain the dictatorship of the proletariat? A considerable part of Lenin's The State and Revolution is devoted to his polemic with anarchistic views which oppose the dictatorship of the proletariat with a mechanical and metaphysical approach to the historical movement of society and by their inability to deepen their approach to the state beyond the definition of the usual state. If the socialist revolution is synonymous to the dying away of classes, and therefore of the state, why then the state of dictatorship of the proletariat? Here Lenin expounds another aspect of the Marxist theory of the state. 
The state of the dictatorship of the proletariat is deduced not from economy as such, but from politics and class struggle. This is the very crux of the Marxist analysis of the state in periods of revolutionary transition. The Communist Manifesto gives a general summary of history, which compels us to regard the state as the organ of class rule and leads us to the inevitable conclusion that the proletariat cannot overthrow the bourgeoisie without first winning political power, without attaining political supremacy, without transforming the state into the proletariat organized as the ruling class, and that this proletarian state will begin to wither away immediately after its victory because the state is unnecessary and cannot exist in a society in which there are no class antagonisms. The question as to how, from the view of historical development, the replacement of the bourgeois by the proletarian state is to take place is not raised here. Here, Lenin turns to that juncture in the history of human society which appears, in a general summary of history, only as a point, a crossing of two systems, as a moment of substitution of two states. This is the very period of transition. It is the most significant period in historical transformation. In this period, namely in the course of the rather long process of the replacement of two systems, where the one is undergoing change while the other is not yet established, what phenomenon is the state? This is an aspect of the Marxist theory of the state that is neglected in the mechanical system of revisionism and, as a result, in the major part of the Iranian left. The essence of Marxist theory of the state has been mastered only by those who realize that the dictatorship of a single class is necessary not only for every class society in general, but also for the entire historical period which separates capitalism from classless society, from communism. Bourgeois states are most varied in form, but their essence is the same. All these states, whatever their form, in the final analysis, are inevitably the dictatorship of the bourgeoisie. The transition from capitalism to communism is certainly bound to yield a tremendous abundance and variety of political forms, but the essence will inevitably be the same, the dictatorship of the proletariat. The dictatorship of the proletariat is the state corresponding to this historical period, i.e. the period of revolutionary transition. The dictatorship of the proletariat is a state against capitalist economy without being the state corresponding to communist economy. For this new economy does not depend on class division and therefore does not require the state as a coercive force. The state is the state of the historical period between these two economies and therefore assumes its necessity, reason for existence, and character not immediately from economy and economic base as from elsewhere, from revolution, from class struggle, which in the course of revolutionary change turns into the major and decisive matrix of the contradictory relations of social classes. The dictatorship of the proletariat is a dictatorship not to maintain certain existing production and class relations, but to smash resistance against the revolutionary transformation of these relations. The state is a special coercive force, and from it follows that the special coercive force for the suppression of the proletariat by the bourgeoisie of millions of working people by handfuls of the rich must be replaced by a special coercive force for the suppression of the bourgeoisie by the proletariat, the dictatorship of the proletariat. This is precisely what is meant by abolition of the state as state. This is precisely the act of taking possession of the means of production in the name of society, and it is self-evident that such a replacement of one bourgeois special force by another proletarian special force cannot possibly take place in the form of withering away. And another excerpt. The state is a special organization of force. It is an organization of violence for the suppression of some class. 
What class must the proletariat suppress? Naturally, only the exploiting class, i.e. the bourgeoisie. The working people need the state only to suppress the resistance of the exploiters. And only the proletariat can direct this suppression, can carry it out. Put a pin in that. We will finish this section in the next installment of Marxist Menagerie here on the Epoch of Incredulity. Until then, comrades, enjoy your Epoch.